Fourteen years ago, I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee Land to carry out secret mission. I go to America! Very nice. It's the good, the bad, the watchable, a movie podcast hosted by three amigos. I'm Nick Rojas. We have Nick Boyle and Mark DeSisto. Guys, how you doing? We're, we're approaching Halloween. How fired up are we? I am tired. <laughs> but it. besides that, I'm loving the movies and, and I wish I could get more in. And that's that's where I'm at. What about you, Mark? Unlike our friend Boyle here, I am picking up steam. I have been watching almost nothing but horror movies. And I have been watching at sometimes uh, two a day. And I do it for the people. You guys know that. There's these movies <laughs> out and they must be watched. And I will watch them for you. Ugh. Who is going to know what to watch if Mark wasn't there to tell him? <laughs> Uh, and luckily, there were a lot of good, a lot of bad, and a lot of watchable movies that I've seen these past two weeks. Amazing. Well, not going to spoil it, but we might have a segment that has something to do with that later on down the line. I'm just saying. Excuse me. Wow. Thank you, Boyle, for sharing. <laughs> Dude, that Any... came out of nowhere. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, that type of humor is what we expect in Adam Sandler movies these days, but... In our first oh. news segment here, we have a new Adam Sandler movie where that might not be the case. Adam Sandler has been tabbed to star in an adaptation of a Czech sci-fi novel, Spaceman of Bohemia. The guy who is directing this movie for Netflix is Johan Renk. He was behind Chernobyl, that miniseries. So if you watch that, you kind of know what that is. Um, it is going to be uh, coming out probably, I guess, maybe, I don't know, next year or two years from now. Who knows when movies come out, but... Um, there are also a few other producers, including Channing Tatum, who's involved with this, uh, guys, from what we're hearing, according to Mark's sources, sources, it's going to be a drama. Are we looking forward to a, uh, definitely off the beaten path, Adam Sandler movie? Mark, let's start with you. Um, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be curious about this one. Um, cause we saw how well Adam Sandler performed in Uncut Gems, in a much more serious role. And based on um, what I've been reading on Twitter and on the internet, this is going to be, uh, you know, more along the lines of something a little more um, serious. It's going to be like um, like a drama. That's what I'm, I'm picking up. So, I mean, we'll see. But I'm also seeing that a lot of the producers for this um, are his Netflix guys. So this is people who did Murder Mystery, the do-over, Sandy Wexler, you know? So maybe it, it could be uh, more of a hybrid. They'll throw some of his classic comedian, uh, comedic elements into it. But I mean, honestly, not that I'm not that um, excited for this. I'm not. I, I think it could be okay. Serviceable. It's a 2017 book. It's Czech. I, I'm not really... Um in touch with Czech culture. Um, it's an astronaut that is sent on a mission to investigate a mysterious cloud of space dust near Venus. And while he's on the mission, he is forced to face loneliness 
also seeing his marriage fall apart. And then it says things take a turn when he befriends a giant talking alien spider who may or may not be a manifestation of his mental breakdown. I guess that would have been important for me to say at the beginning of this segment to explain kind of <laughs> what this movie is about. But yeah, so, uh, you know, we said this off pod, Mark, but uh, Punch Drunk Love ask that's what that kind of sounds like so Boyle you does that change your mind at all I don't know so were you asking Mark if it changed no, I was asking mind? you Boyle well my mind hasn't changed I haven't well, given you my mind <laughs> his oh. mind isn't even made my okay. mind is literally mush um no I'm actually excited for this I because I to me this is gonna be a win-win okay one I honestly always look forward to an adam sandler movie no matter whether it was bad or not that you know that was weird to say not bad or why did i do that again bad or good <laughs> whether it's bad or good i look forward to his movies so um it's just like another oh great this is gonna be cool could this be amazing and like totally maybe like oscarish with like a drama sort of thing and kind of be like we you know like mark was saying with um you know the whole uh um, oh my god uncut gems for the uncut gems like kind of like that style and if that's the case like I would love that so but maybe this is like that because he said like who the producers are in the Netflix TV I mean uh, the Netflix pro- production company like but maybe this is going to be the one that's just trash and then we get to like be in like this <laughs> awesome misery but just it's just so funny because it's misery like so to me this is going to be a win-win i i do want to say though uh, uh bringing up like punch drug love that was a serious movie there yes there were some subtle jokes to it there weren't many but it was still good yeah like, we know we know sandler can act in a serious role if he needs to or if he has a, the motivation to do so uh he's been in so many movies yeah, so you many really movies. like look at his filmography Wild. He's prolific. He's prolific. Sounds like a, just from Rojas' uh, description, this could be. Uh, it sounded pretty sad, and uh, if we remember the movie Click, um, oh, I listed as like a, like a comedy. It was really sad at some points. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! I can't close the tears. Maybe just going in like that sort of direction too. Um, so I mean, the quality is is all over the place. Uh, this could be something where I'm not going to see. The second it drops, like I'm not going to mark it on my calendar, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came back with some favorable reviews. How about this? I'm getting some Welcome to Marwin vibes. Oh, okay. Where we're like, here it is, like another like award movie from our friend Am Sandler, and then we see it, and people are like, uh, not worth it. Don't don't please, go. Please no. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm in the it will be a pleasant surprise if this is worth my time. I'm not sold. I do love sci-fi. I don't really read a lot of sci-fi books. I don't know. The producers aren't really getting me thrilled. I never watched Chernobyl. Chernobyl I don't was know. a very good series. I watched, I watched that. It's We're getting a mixed bag here, Mark. Like it, There's a lot of good elements, bad elements. It's like... I, I take an issue when um, movies can't figure out what genre they are, though. I don't like it when it gets too all over the place. So, and just even reading off like the different things that these producers have been on has me worried. Like, what direction are we going to go? And are we going right. to, you know, put our foot 
in everything. And I don't like that. I think it's too much. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, man, we don't we don't know when it's going to come out. So, but, so when it does, we'll, I don't know, possibly review it because it's going to be on Netflix. So let's be honest, this movie's going to get blasted in front of us whether we want to or not. So we will be seeing this when it comes out. So we don't really have much news to go to. So we're going to go and move on to our regular segment of the podcast where we review movies that we've seen recently. We promised on the last episode that we'd be doing the Welcome to the Blumhouse movie series that was released on Amazon. We had some issues with the first two movies that we thought were good, but we felt it was very, you know, clearly like acquired movies and not necessarily produced by Blumhouse. So we got the second batch here, and they're called Nocturne and Evil Eye. Full disclosure here, I did not see Evil Eye. And the last 15 minutes of Nocturne, I was nodding on and off, trying to stay awake. So I, I saw the ending, but it was like inner or whatever the word interspersed with me falling asleep. So uh, be tough. I can give a lot of thoughts about the bulk of Nocturne. I can't give any thoughts on evil eye, but what did we think about these two movies guys? And then afterwards we'll rank all four, but uh, I want to, I want to get Boyle's take on evil eye and, and you marks first, but let's go with Boyle first with evil eye. Cause I, what I heard awful movie. It, um, it's a background movie, <laughs> um, which is how I treated both of these movies totally throwing that out there um so to me i was doing other things i was watching it and um i don't know like i didn't hate it truthfully i I really like it just it's a mother and daughter relationship and it kind of uh goes into like i feel like their culture a little bit and stuff and um so it's weird though because then you get that and then there's like this other you know, the, the Blumhouse side of it, I'll put it as br- as broad as I can, you know, and it, and it kind of, it's weird. It should have been two different style of stories, if that makes sense, uh, going forward. Maybe Mark can elaborate for me afterwards, but um, it just was, it was a very weird, like, okay, you got this philosophy, but did it need to be a movie sort of thing? I don't know. I And, and I just... I got a problem with all these Blumhouse movies, but I'll save that for later. So, Mark, maybe you can explain a little bit more. But I personally didn't hate hate this. Well, I think the way Mark did. So, to me, it was just like, I don't know. It was a I, background. I hated this, guys. Yeah. I thought this was a complete waste of time. I was mad I watched this when there's so many other horror movies out there that I could have spent my time on. How long That's a this? great was point, this, Was it 90 minutes? Uh, the runtime? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so it, it was, was like in and out, but oh, I know what you mean, Mark. Right. Like, that's sorry a great to, point. Sorry to cut you off, Mark. I just well, have to it, know. It's like, fine, because, it, I mean, I have very little thoughts on this because of how little thought was put into this movie. It was... And, and you know what? Well, like To expand off what Boyle said, like, the culture aspect to it, they really didn't even, like, hit on uh, traditional, traditional, like, um, Indian culture when it comes to, say, like, their uh, loved ones, spouses, or marriage, or any of that. Um, to me, I thought the production quality was extremely low in this. Um, so much so that the first thing that came to mind while I was watching this was a daytime soap opera. It was like a, like a really long daytime soap opera. And I was just like, this, it, I was like, this is bad, but like, I got to finish it because, you know, I made a promise to the people that I would watch all these movies and let them know, like, there's no payoff in the end. There's nothing. I would um, save 90 minutes of your time and watch literally anything else. 
Especially yeah, the- that's a great point. It really does. There's nothing even at the end you're like, really? Like, it's just like... No redeeming qualities, no redeeming factors. I, I was not rewarded for sticking it out through that. It, it was... Blumhouse does it again. I mean, Blumhouse has some of my highest rated horror movies, and it also definitely has my lowest rated horror movies. Like, yeah. definitely. Like, sometimes they just... It, the like the the vast difference in quality from movie to movie is is mind-boggling i i don't know how like they they approved this and then they made like such a big hype on it like uh through twitter and uh, other social media outlets for previews i saw previews for this everywhere and you know what they fooled me if you go back like a couple episodes when we talked about i go i'm pretty excited and i specifically said i was excited for evil eye and you know what they did they they pulled the rug out from under me yet again. I have been bamboozled, run amok, hoodwinked, ran astray again. Blumhouse! Blumhouse! <laughs> that gif from He-Man. <laughs> Just like, not again. I, this was this was bad. This this was bad. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to my, when we talk about rankings, I'll, I'll let you guys know what I officially graded it. Without seeing Evil Eye, honestly, like, I, I don't know what it was about Blumhouse when they announced it, but they basically should have been like, you hate most of our movies in theaters, but what <laughs> if we sent them right to your home and we were like, son of a bitch, I'm in. And I'll censor that, but I'm in. And That's then, a good point. Advertise it that way. <laughs> yeah. They're, it was basically like advertising, like, we'll feed you poop and you're like i don't want to go to the theater pay it and be like yeah but we brought it into your house and you're like well this could be different because usually i have to go out and get the poop and it's like no now the poop is in your house there you now, go yeah now it's just right here right in your face <laughs> and yeah and we're like damn why they told us it was gonna be yeah, this. And the poop face always yeah. gets me and then guess what those movies that are gonna come out next year i'm still gonna be like <laughs> very excited to see these blumhouse movies coming in uh so guys as someone who has not seen evil eye should i still check it out don't do it. All right. There we go. No need. No more convincing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Twist my arm. Uh, so Nocturne. I like what Mark said. And Mark, I won't spoil what Mark said, but I, I read his letterbox review. And I don't know what Boyle thought about Nocturne. Boyle, did you see it? Yep. Okay. So Nocturne is the other movie that Blumhouse did. And, uh, you know, I'll just read the description because I – Roas, before you get to the description, I can already see you're grading on it. And letterboxed. Ooh. <laughs> wait, uh, wait a minute. My letterbox rating, like, does it show? It, it says for me. <laughs> okay. I was, you know, when you're like so tired that you're basically like under the influence, but you're just, you're yeah. under the influence of sleep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I typed a review and deleted it and I thought I deleted everything, but now I'm looking and see that I gave it zero stars. <laughs> no, no, not for me. Oh, what's it saying I gave? To, oh, it's saying one and a half. Yeah, it says one and a half from you. Oh. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I've, now I've slept on it, so we'll, we'll see if that changes. Anyway, the description of this horror mystery thriller. Horror. An incredibly gifted pianist makes a Faustian bargain to overtake her older sister at a prestigious institution for classical musicians. Directed by Zoo Quirk. Starring Sydney Sweeney, Madison Eisman, and a bunch of people you've never recognized before. Yeah, but um, we love Sydney Sweeney. Do we stand Sydney Sweeney? I do. I haven't. Have I seen of some? Euphoria oh, fame. She's a new Euphoria and Handmaid's Tale. Okay. So I'm right. a fan. 
All things I have not seen. My, my apologies. She plays Juliet in this movie. All right, we stand. Um, <laughs> Runtime of 90 minutes. What Enough. do we think of Nocturne, guys? Who, who wants to take this first? Let me take the lead on this one since Boyle uh, took the lead on the last one. That sounds uh, good. Also, I know that we have um, we might clash a little bit on this one. Oh, Nocturne. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this pod, I liked it. Um, this one, this one definitely goes under uh, good slash watchable from this man. And let me tell you why. Uh, this is basically a JV version of Black Swan. I mean, Black Swan was simply incredible. So just that comparison right now, uh, I think you can understand that I'm not going to grade it nearly as highly. But the story pretty much follows like the same sort of um, structure that Black Swan did. You've got an artist, except this time, instead of dancing, this is the piano. And instead of internal struggle for say a dance lead or recital, this time it's this uh, girl's own sister, right? So, and then it's like, you know, at what lengths will you go to be the best? And I think that's nothing new uh, within this genre when we're combining a psychological thriller of the arts, um, except this time we're going uh, piano version, right? Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, those kind of stories, they get me, like those will get me every time. Um, and I just thought it kind of followed the formula so well that it was going to be tough for me to call this one bad. Now I thought Sydney Sweeney was the only really like good performance in this. Like, I thought she in the main role, I thought she was really good. And then uh, whoever played her sister as the antagonist, I thought she was okay. Mm. But the uh, ancillary characters, I thought, like, they didn't really move the needle. I thought some performances were a bit over the top, a little too emotional. And I, you know, I was just like, whatever, I'm here for for uh, Miss Sweeney and her talents. Um, so, I I mean, I gave this uh, on our, on our three-tier scale good, bad, watchable. I gave this a good, but I said teetering on the more watchable side. Because I think unless you really dig the the arts are like, you know, um, psychologically taxing and cutthroat and ruthless sort of genre, unless you're into that sort of thing, I think this might be a, a tough watch. Yeah. 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 I know, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Like it is, it's targeting that audience i think quite nicely which i know exists based off media but nothing i not something i've personally experienced what what, what do you think about this like we like we think about that like you know in sports how it's like cutthroat and like you do anything to get the starting spot but like you know how many people like would take you know piano that seriously especially at what i believe they're going for is the high school level so this is like high school piano drama yeah, and they're like talking about like practicing like three hours a day, and I'm like, oh, that's beyond me. Like, but yeah, it's it's all the same stuff. Everyone's got their field, right? So, um, sorry, Boyle, uh, do, you, do you feel the same way? Differently? I literally feel the exact same way as Mark. Um, pretty much every everything you said, dude. Like from the uh, the the only thing I will say is I I did real I will point out for myself is that i i really did enjoy this um did and did what's that it did or did not 
did. I really did. I thought it. you hated this one. I thought we talked about it and you hated it. No, no, I, I liked this one. Um, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, Boyle Haley's one, we're going to clash. <laughs> no, no, I actually, I really did like this one um, because it did remind me of like the Black Swan, like, you know, but I just thought it was interesting. Like it was the backstabbing of the sister. It was like, it was so dark. And then she's like, just realizing what she's doing as she keeps going in the music and like it keeps changing color and like phase comes after the next and then she's almost at the last page you're like you realize you're about to do what you're about to do right like it was just like that was the only part to me that was hilarious um but it was still just it was so cool and and i loved the classic blumhouse of just like nope this is the reality and then i'm like yes like that's how you needed to end this so you just won me over thank you i will say i want to parlay that up uh you too i really i enjoyed i thought the ending was just good i was like this is the payoff we wanted um especially with these psychedelic uh or psycho trippy sort of movies i thought it was i thought it was a great way to end it same so um yeah and then again i would i would say it's a good movie but i would actually if somebody else was interested i'd have to probably say watchable or good just because i'd have to explain to them it's very of like you said like the black swan and the elements similar but i think, I think boyle's that. reading my reviews <laughs> are you accusing him of review theft imagine that one, Boyle didn't one, do his homework so he's just yeah. <laughs> i never watched the movie <laughs> Yeah, you know, Black that, Swan. That, yeah, Black Swan. I thought the same exact thing. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> hey, man, did you yeah. watch? <laughs> Let me yeah. I, like, you. I'm like, yeah. Eve. Like, I know I've seen that. Look, movie. here's Is all it... Mark's notes. Like, I, don't remember seeing actual, I don't remember seeing an actual swan in the movie. Where, where is he getting that from? Nice <laughs> one. <laughs> no, that's funny. But, um, yeah, look, guys, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I watched it last night with, with Julia and Renee. And um, I, bet I like they watching, loved it. Right? I like watching it with them because they they do get locked into some things that I wouldn't get locked in, and and vice versa. Um, they were they were definitely intrigued by this movie. They were definitely staying awake way more than I could have. I I like I mentioned I I fell asleep kind of towards the end. I was drifting, um, but I was I was liking what I was seeing in tone and the plot. Um, but for me, like, I just felt like sometimes when those movies don't have that kind of like adrenaline, like going through it, and it, it kind of gets it a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that movie kind of ends with that like 15 minute sequence where she's playing the concerto, right? Concerto, concerto, concerto. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's like kind of like that. Adre- that's kind of like, thank you. That's kind of like that adrenaline that you get from like horror action, like that climax kind of thing. You know what it brought me back to? What? Whiplash. Remember that Ooh. final song, dude? And I was like, so then when it finally finished, I was like, I literally was like, yeah, I was pumped. I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah, I I like that ending. I like the real reveal ending. Just along the way, I just felt like there was a not enough meat on the uh, the old bones for me to really sink into and get really intrigued by. I did like the performance uh, by Sydney Sweeney. As Juliet, I do like that. I do like a fill in the blank starts to lose their mind movie. Um, I do like that. I did think it was creepy with some of the special effects in there. It just, it's tough for me to say like 
when my brother texts me, like he texted me yesterday, he's like, hey, man, we're about to watch either Invisible Man, It Chapter 2, or, uh, you know, he texted me about another movie. This was Marcus. And he's you know, which one should we check out? And, um, you know, I, I, had, I had said to check out Invisible Man earlier in the evening. If you were to approach me with this movie, I'd probably hesitate. I think Nocturne is a movie for people who are looking for, like, uh, in- intermediate movie fans uh, who are looking to maybe watch a little bit something off the beaten path, but not necessarily people who are like, it's my one movie of the weekend. I want to check something out. Oh, so, yeah, totally. Okay. All right. Because I, totally. I was like starting to feel like, am I, did I completely miss on this? Cause... No, no, no. I feel it's very like, um, again, like I hate to use this term, but like it's like almost that like Oscar feeling. Like it's got to me like the short film feeling. Like when we go to the shorts, Rojas, like I got like that sort of a feeling. You know what? Like, I think this movie definitely could have been told as a, a 15 minute short and I would have liked it a lot more. Yes. Right. I, I, I rarely ever say that. Usually when we're saying making a movie shorter, a little bit longer, we're talking like feature length. I would, I hate arguing that this movie would be better in a 15 minute thing, but I think I would kind of like that kind of concentrated vibe. Um, but there is some good stuff in here. Don't get me wrong. There is like, you know, the argument that she gets into with her teacher and, um, but yeah, just not enough that I can just fully sing this movie's praises. So I, if I had to assign a score to it, I probably would give it a probably a, f- a five, probably five, a very a, a firm five. I didn't, yeah, we, I was gonna say, Mark, we didn't give one about Evil Eye nor this movie. No, I was gonna wait till we did our rankings. Okay, all right, my bad. Let's do it. Let's do the rankings. Right. So since uh, why don't I we just, go uh, like our last place and then. Okay. All right. All right. With fourth place, everyone ready? Everyone got their scorecards ready? For fourth ranked movie, what do you guys have? I'll leave this one off because I hated this movie so much and I recommended it to absolutely nobody. Evil Eye comes in at a one out of 10 for me. Half star on Letterboxd. Mm. All right, Boyle. What do you give as number four? And I hate Uh, it. I. So crazy enough i not i have to take back a score from one that we've done before which was the lie the lie is coming in at number four for me I'm giving it a 1.5 out of 10 um, but i originally gave it a 4.5 and thought you silly boy so we just for the record are altering that score <laughs> which at any point and not pointing fingers, but anyone can change their scores about any movies at any time. And like, you know, it's, you know, it's possible. So it is. But Rojas, what'd you think coming in fourth place? <laughs> All right. So you, it's just so I have it for you. The lie you gave what? The lie gave a 1.5. A 1.5 out of 5. No, a 1.5 out of 10. I'm you gave sorry, a... I'm still on the Fisher scale. Okay. I am as well. Yeah. <laughs> we have our, we have the swole scale. The Fisher scale, Kelvin. Um, <laughs> Kelvin. <laughs> no, all right. Wow, wow. That is quite a precipitous drop for the line. Right. the rankings. I give fourth place Evil Eye because I didn't see it, so that's an NA. That's fair. All right, third place for Mister DeSisto, Soul Daddy. Coming in. Uh, you know what? The lie detector test determined this is a lie. <laughs> My third place movie is the lie uh this movie stinks too 
Um, and I'm kind of with Boyle. The more I think about it, the more I want to drop my already low score of this. Um, if we're going by the Fisher scale um, right now, I have uh, four out of ten for this mm. movie. Uh, two Same. stars on Letterboxd. Two That's kind of, what I had, yeah. Two stars. Um, and then in my original review, I gave it watchable, but please be advised, this is on the verge of bad. Um, I'm, Yeah, I'm going to stick with it's bad. Uh, and I might just remove watchable from that because you know what this is—it's pretty bad. And I think the writing is pretty lazy. Um, yeah, I just didn't like it, so it gets a hard third place for me, and it's not really close. Yeah, and that was my thing, Mark. Is that like I thought about a score, like a score of a movie I'm giving it a little bit in my explanation for, it, and I was like, well, how can I give this a four and then this one a four? Like they're not even in the same ballpark. <laughs> like they're two totally different movies. <laughs> It is funny when, like, that next movie you see, you're like, oh, man, wait a minute. That should be way – that was bad. Or, like, yeah. wait a minute. That was actually really good compared to that. Like, yeah. Yeah. That that definitely helps more when you're seeing a similar genre, I will say, though. That's true. It's like you're not going to watch The Wrong Missy and then Gladiator and be like, whoa. <laughs> Wrong Missy was better than I thought because I did not laugh at The Gladiator at all. Man, that fall? <laughs> Pretty freaking hilarious. Didn't see The Gladiator do it. Um, all right, where are we at in the draft? Third. Uh, the two hole. So we're going to our top two. So remember. Oh, wait. Oh, I gave. Oh, third place for me is the the lie. It. I hated everybody in that movie. I what that was movie. your rating for it? I gave the lie originally a four out of ten. I'm going to stick to it. Okay. But um, the committee will be watching it at the end of the year. I just added a second review to the lie for me, and I said, this is now dropped in the rankings during the filming of our podcast. This movie stinks. No one should see it. Everyone, every, <laughs> everyone react accordingly. Yeah, up, update right. the log. Update the log. Mark, what do you, what do you have for number two? Um, we just talked about it, and you know what? It, it may have seemed that this was my, my favorite out of it, but I'm going to say Nocturne is going to be my number two, just because – to me, it's a pretty much um, a ripoff of Black Swan. I don't think they use too much creativity in kind of thinking up this story. Um, yeah. But it was serviceable. It was good. I won't say it was uh, bad. Uh, again, I just said it. It's kind of on the toes, uh, like kind of towing the line of watchable. But I still give it that uh, benefit of the doubt to be good. So it is my firm number two. That's respectable. It's like you're the uh, you're the coach that's kind of like trying to pep talk the quarterback that shouldn't be starting, but <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got to believe in himself. You, you uh, I gave this a I gave this three stars on Letterbox, so that's a six out of ten for everyone keeping score at home. Okay, all right, thank you, Boyle. Your number two movie. Well, for the record. My one and two are pretty much – I honestly, they were tied, and then I just decided I'm not letting one not – like, one needs to win, so I changed <laughs> scores. So, number two for me is Black Box with Whoa. a five and a half out of ten. Um, wow. I will say I, I loved the movie – eh. I liked the movie watching it. I did not love the movie watching it. I guess that's kind of where my drawing of the line was because to me it just felt 
similarly, Mark, you're right. You know, knock, you know, Nocturne felt like a ripoff of Black Swan, and this felt like a ripoff of Bandersnatch, and I enjoyed that way more. Um, is right? I said that right. Yeah, right? that's what you mentioned the, at the time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bandersnatch um, is like that whole choose-your-own-adventure thing. But I liked that more. And, like, to me, like, this was, like, it was like that. It was like a Black Mirror. I love a good Black Mirror episode. But to me, this was also the movie I called in the first eight minutes and knew the entire movie and was like, okay. You know, so it was like, um, but cool. Like, it still was a cool concept. Well done. And it was really good. So five and a half out of ten for me um, on the Fisher scale. And I, I still liked it. Nothing wrong with it. So what about you, Ross? Okay. All right. Uh, number two for me, and this one is the official score. I already gave it a 5 out of 10. Is going to Nocturne. Um, good stuff in there. Some stuff in there that made me want to fall asleep. Don't want to hold too much of it against the movie because I did start it at 1030 at night. So, But Nocturne finishes at second place. Silver. Honestly, Nocturne coming in second on any kind of list is just baffling to me. So <laughs> just gonna just gonna pass this one along. Mark, what's your number one of all these Blumhouse movies? Well, my number one, uh, I have graded the exact same as our uh, as our host here, uh, Mr. Rojas. I gave this three and a half stars in my initial grading, but in terms of my personal preference, you know, I did give this a watchable. I didn't uh, give this a good. Whereas Nocturne gets the good out of me. I just thought the production was a little higher on this. I thought the um, the writing and the uh, performances were a little bit better than Nocturne. Um, like I thought everybody in Black Box did a, a pretty, pretty good performance. Whereas Nocturne was um, uh, really carried by the lead. Uh and it, yeah, like we've said this uh, a couple of times, but it's just a really long episode of Black Mirror. And I like Black Mirror, and that's okay. That's good. But uh, yeah, so grading-wise, this is my number one, but I, I think, uh, you know, I, I personally prefer Nocturne a little better, if that makes sense to you guys. It does. No, in, in a way that does. Uh, Boyle, you're number one. I'm, yeah, I think I can guess, but what what is it? Do you want to bounce off of his ideas while he's still on it? It's up to you. Yeah, sure, I will. All right, Black Box is my number one. It felt like the most comparably made of the four in terms of just beginning, middle, and end, tone, it making sense. Not a scary movie at all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not much more to say about Black Box, which I gave a, a soft 7 out of 10 to. Um, I enjoyed it. Again, going to be on my uh, list of movies that uh, in 20 years I look and I go, I didn't see this movie. When I see the, the poster and Letterboxd and my review and I go, this is all made up. I don't believe any of this. I did not write this. <laughs> Definitely is going to be in that pantheon of movies, much like Incarnate Boyle. I just had a movie like that today. It's funny you said that. There was a movie that I forgot that I saw. Um, and like I... I went as far as like, I was like, oh, maybe this is interesting. And I even watched the trailer. And then I was like, I've totally seen this entire movie, but I didn't have it logged or anything. I was like, oh, that's bad. I was like, oh. Not a good sign for the movie. But yeah, I mean, you're just like, wow, I've seen enough movies. I've forgotten movies. So that you can like. How would you even like score something like that? I mean, the good, the bad, the watchable, the forgotten. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) I forgot I even watched it. Like, at least if there's a movie that's bad. 
and it like gets a reaction out of you like this like ah oh, that stinks i can't wait to never see that again but what if there's a, like there's that category of forgotten movies where you don't realize so like halfway through you're like wait a minute i've I, seen I, this because <laughs> You know what, even like, I will say this, even the worst movies are the Jack Sparrow, but you have heard of me. Yeah. Line. Like, <laughs> right. you were so bad, I left an impression on you. But there are movies, and this goes back to the movie past days, where we would see them, and I've just completely forgotten everything I know about them. And they're, they're, they're bad, not so bad that they're forgettable. They're in that, like, valley of movies where it's like, you're just bad and you're forgotten. And that is, it's almost like you'd rather go all the way. So... Right. That's where, and yeah, that's the most ringing endorsement I can say about my number one movie, Black Box. Boyle, what, your number one, Nocturne, is Nocturne. Yes, um, I just really did enjoy this one out of all four the most, and I ended with this one, so it just I think it had that extra push for it. Mm. Um, I gave this a six out of ten. I thought this was great. Um, I do know it was similar, but I just thought like the music aspect was great. Again, it brought me those elements of Whiplash. Um, the darkness of you know betrayal of your own sister like it was dark with some of those you know bigger things and and just uh the the whole thing as a, a whole i don't know it just it was for for the blumhouse flicks it just to me stood out as the best so um i don't really have much else to say besides that I, you know what you talking about it it just unlocked a few other things in the movie that i forgot the locker scene with what she finds in the locker i just remembered that i just remembered the mm-hmm. cave scene yeah, those were scenes. Yeah. Those were scenes in a movie. Those were scenes. Like there was some like, wow, okay, all right, cool. I can, all right, sure. Like and just like the elements of like with the color would start to come as the like fill in the picture she had showing like yeah. each phase was happening. Like I just thought there was so much creativity when well put things together in that flick, and it just I don't know. It just like struck something with me when I was able to finish that. I was like, Boyle, wow. admit it. You're on a run of movies where the character falls off a high point and survives. That's it, man. You caught me. That's that's the magic. It all sauce. started with those Doyle rules back with Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, exactly, and it continues to this day. That's incredible. Then um, like, and then Andy Samberg in um, Hot Rod. Yep. Oh. Honestly, yep. those scenes always get me. They do. <laughs> you, you saw a character in Nocturne. I'm not going to say fall off the cliff. You're like that. Bump it I up did point. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I you would. Everyone I, looked. I, I knew you would laugh. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. So that that's our list, guys. As you can tell, we're just super pumped to be talking about these movies uh, from Blumhouse. So thank you to Jason Blum. Just great stuff, guy. Very proud. <laughs> Not well, <all> great. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, now we don't have to watch it until next year, where we forget we had this conversation and we're like, boom. Oh. We're back. Uh, wow. I can't believe we spent 30 minutes talking about that. <laughs> Awful. Well, we had a sequel come out, actually, this past week to a 2006 movie. Uh, we have Borat 2 out now on Amazon Prime. Some of us here watched it. Uh, it's called Borat Subsequent, Subsequent Movie Film. Very funny. Uh, it's... It's not as good as Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan, <laughs> which is just fantastic. Uh, but still good on Amazon Prime, so free if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. Uh, Boyle, unfortunately, we know you – did you watch this? 
No, I oh, didn't okay. watch it, but I'm an Amazon subscriber. I can watch it. <laughs> oh, I, I just didn't get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that really helps us out right now. I was trying to remember if you had watched it and Mark didn't, but Mark said he kind of half watched it. Yeah, so we're gonna... I, um, yeah I um, skimmed this one. I really coasted through it. And uh, it was one of those I, uh, I flipped it on very late at night and, and thought that was a good time to do it, and it really wasn't. Oh, but yeah. I did laugh. I did laugh. I will say that. You know what? That's so. That's kind of what I want to get into. Borat Two. This movie. Uh, haven't really seen the original one since it came out, and looking back on it, because I was watching with our guy, uh, John Berwick from Dual Redundancy. He was streaming and uh, chatting about the movie the other night, and uh, when I was at Jules's place, so I was watching some of it. I realized I had never really watched Borat from beginning to end. I have watched like, like a lot of clips from that movie, but not from beginning to end. Um, so I guess I missed a few things. So you correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but this one had a ton more of a quote-unquote storyline than maybe the original did? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this one was a little more um, structured. I okay. Think we should say that. Like, there, there was, yeah, like, you definitely more of a plot. Like, they had a goal in mind, I guess. Okay. Because I, I was not going into this movie expecting, like, a story, a plot, like a storyline, like characters, like growth, development, like wasn't expecting all of that. So I got way more than I bargained for. Um, honestly, like there's like a lot of discussion about this movie, you know, politically, X, Y, Z, you know, we're not that kind of show that kind of like dives into that stuff. Um, but I was looking forward to laughing. I laughed. I laughed quite a bit. I don't know where some of the stuff in this movie was – people were in on the joke versus not in on the joke. And yeah. when you watch this movie, you'll kind of understand that there's some people that are being filmed here that are probably not knowledgeable that they're in a movie. But then there are some situations where I'm like, wait, do they? Like, how much are they aware of? Um, so that was like one of my big things where I'm kind of like, well, if I have to think about this movie critically, like I, I struggle with knowing like where this is like satire versus like this is just like actually like just part of the movie. Um, but it was much sweeter than I thought. I... I laughed, which I we said this off the podcast. Haven't seen a lot of comedy movies in theaters the last few years or on streaming that are new that are just we're just here to make you laugh. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of those in a while that I've I've actually like liked a lot. Um, so I was really happy to see a movie that I laughed at, and uh, yeah, I don't think it's probably as like shocking as Borat One was um, in terms of what's going on out there in our country. Um, just in terms of the kind of zany characters we have, like no one's surprised anymore. We have the internet, like everyone's out there. Um, but yeah, I, I laughed. So, um, I'll save my score to the end, but Mark from your gleamings of this movie, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was funny at times, you know, the classic ball rat. It was good to see him bring back some of those classic bits. Um, there were some situations that were just so absurd and so awkward and un uncomfortable, um, uh, that it really just, you know, hit the nail on the head yet again. Uh, but that being said, there was some lulls um, in it for me. Um, like not every scene was like kind of like laugh out loud. I wasn't glued to the screen exactly. That's why I'm saying I got to give it another watch. Um, but like this was good. It was, it was serviceable for me. I mean, it's the crude humor that you expect from Borat. Maybe not as outlandish as the first one. Um, but I still thought it was a decent watch, especially when it's so tough to come by um, decent movies right now. Um, so I think that was also kind of a factor. 
but like for expectation wise, I mean, there are some political elements to it, which, you know, you can go either way on it, that might make you like it more. It could make you like it less. Um, but with me, you know, it was kind of um, similar, similar humor is still going through it. Um, not much like too new about it or too outlandish. Again, I just thought it was kind of solid humor that we, uh, that we come to expect out of something like a Borat. Yeah. Like the kind of, you know, I kind of bash on this movie, uh, this podcast a lot with uh, like physical humor. Sometimes doesn't make me laugh as much, but some of the physical stuff in this movie is pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I don't need to get into it, but my, <laughs> let, let's just say my brother and I had a joke before the movie began. Like, all right, over under how many uh, images of uh, male genitalia will we see in this movie? And uh, well the, put. Yeah. the <laughs> over the over under was set at two and a half. Um, That's far too low in this man's opinion. Austin, That's far too Austin, low. Austin took the over. I took the under, and I think the under hit. I think I only saw two. So, Boyle, you'll have to keep count. Just get out a notepad. <laughs> Uh, when you see the movie. Um, so, yeah, I give it a, a 7 out of 10. Uh, you know, f- made me laugh. It, it served its purpose. Not a movie I probably will see again. Uh, maybe revisit a clip here or there. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed the movie. And I thought I thought the uh, woman that was his co-lead, I thought was really good. And I was kind of mentioning this to my she – was, um, She was much better than expected. I didn't understand how uh, pivotal of a role she was going to play in the movie um she was she was pretty important and she did a, a really good job honestly she uh especially for that kind of role too yeah her name is uh Mar- maria bakalova she's uh my brother austin's age she's 1996 she's a uh, bulgarian oh and God. uh yeah she's only been in on letterbox she's only been in six movies um yeah, say for how young she she is and uh like some of those situations, you know, a movie like Borat can put you in. I thought Absolutely. She did a really phenomenal job. So good uh, for her. Yeah, the amount of improv she had to do in this movie, I thought was like, it was amazing. Like how just seamless. She was. Able to... She was really good at it. Like, um, like uh, there's a certain like few scenes that I'm thinking of now um, that were just hysterical to me that she was really the star of. Yeah. Uh, she she's a delight in this. It's not it's not the Borat show like it was last time. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, so uh you know, if if you haven't seen it yet and let's say you liked the original Borat, I think you'll like this, right? I think that's, you know. Yeah, right now my initial rating is uh 3 stars out of 5 or a, a 6, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be on the softer side of that 6. Um, I thought it was funny, but you know, it's, uh, it's really tough to, to beat the original. We have, I've mentioned this many times before, uh, as our listeners know, but there are very, very few, uh, sequels that have, um, you know, really, uh, outperformed and outdone their originals. It's a very exclusive club of the upper echelons of, the, of those types of movies. And, and this is not one of them, especially comedy. I mean, Trying to go back into the well with like p- making people laugh is like so hard to do because so much of humor is just like the unexpected. Like we've talked about it maybe before. I don't think on the show, but seeing Hangover for, for the first time, it's hilarious because you don't know what's going to happen next. And like that's part of the fun of it. Every time you see Hangover after the first time you see it and then subsequently the next Hangover movies, it's just diminishing returns. You're like, yeah, uh, 
all right, this isn't funny anymore. So that's what makes comedy sequels just so hard. And you're kind of like almost respect like a Borat coming out 14 years after the original. It's like, all right, it was, seems like it was enough time, you know? Right. So, but yeah, it, I do appreciate the fact that he just wasn't like, I'm just going to do uh, my wife and wah, wah, wee, wah jokes all, all time. And yeah, so, but I, yeah, so yeah, but I think, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Boyle. what do you oh, remember I, about, I'll, I'll love it. What'd you, what'd you think about the original Borat Boyle? I, I, same thing as you, which is why I didn't, I refused to watch it honestly be for the episode, for our episode, because I really wanted to watch both back to back. Okay. And, um, because I, I have seen the original when it first came out like multiple times but not since then like truthfully i've never put it on since probably the year it came out so um <laughs> i mean I, uh, were you like and uh and mark maybe some perspective on this like we got obviously the discussion with borat comes with so much of everyone doing an impression of borat over the next like five years after that movie came out um did it almost like ruin like what you thought about borat just because everyone else was just doing like my wife jokes like all the time um, I was immature enough that like those, the impression still gets me sometimes. Like I'll still, like if I need a chair or something, I'll go King of Castle, King of Castle. Yeah. I have a chair. <laughs> I, like, do, I do this. You some, do of that. Those, <laughs> some of those are just so funny. Uh, so I, I mean, I won't, I won't say that it, that ruined it for me. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's more of like the more subtle ones, not the like my wife or. Like the not jokes will get me still every now and then. So it's like, you know, the shirt is black. Not. not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's just dumb stuff like that would get me. Um, but I, I thought I thought this was fine. I don't think there's uh, one of those types of lines that really stuck out to me for this uh, this uh, rendition of um, of the movie. Like I didn't walk away from that thinking like you know that here's our new borat quote there were some like there were some good ones but i didn't think anything will be like the original when it comes to the annoying impressions of it right yeah I don't, yeah not none really stick out right now but yeah they'll, they'll probably come with repeat viewings but i don't know how many people are gonna this isn't like times are different now when borat came out like word of mouth was so much more important than we weren't having like online discourse about movies before they even came out that right. people already had their opinions formed about it. Like movies nowadays last through the following Monday and then they just disappear. We're not having like Borat conversations for like three months. Like we were back in 2006. Yeah, when Borat, the original one came out in 2008. Oh six. Oh six. We were 14. I was going to say we didn't get Twitter for another like, you know, five or six years. Right, or at least it wasn't that popular when we whenever we started tweeting or whatever. Like there yeah, was a big gap. Like we actually had to you know go see this and be in be face to face to talk about it. And us being fourteen when that originally came out, like it's almost like I don't know, like like I wasn't allowed to see that movie. Um, <laughs> so it's like a lot of like going around school, being like, oh, did you see it? Did you see it? Like, oh, I saw it. Like, let's talk about the, like the the clips and stuff like that. Like, you know, maybe. Maybe the middle schoolers out there right now in the world, for them, this will hit, like, in such a big way. And maybe we're just old and jaded that, like, all right, yep, next, we're on to the next thing. Like, this made me laugh. Like, I'm not going to be quoting this movie for, you know, so. Not to get all philosophical, but, yeah, maybe. Yeah, philosophical. <laughs> no, and it's, it, yeah. 
I have nothing to say because that was a great rant, but I just had something and then I lost it. I was like, darn it. Oh, I hate when that happens. I hate yeah. when that happens. Boy. Well, <laughs> moving on. Well, we have our uh, – I love the segment, guys, that we do. Uh, good, bad, and watchable. We get one minute each to talk about movies that we thought were good, movies we thought were bad, and movies that we thought were somewhere in between. They were totally watchable. It's good, bad, watchable. Uh, we're going to put a minute on the clock. Let's start with Boyle because, Boyle, I feel bad that you got left out of the uh, Borat discussion. <laughs> uh, pity start, so, Boyle. Pity start. So, wait, Boyle, you're going to rattle off your good picks. You have a minute okay. on the clock. Oh, wait. Do you have something you wanted to say first? Nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> minute on the clock and go. I have one pick for each this week. <laughs> and that is uh, my good is Along Came a Spider. It's an old thriller. Uh, I gave it a six and a half out of 10 on the Fisher scale and it starred Morgan Freeman. And it's a, like a um, looking into a kidnap. Well, it, it had, I don't want to ruin it, but basically it's looking into a kid kidnapping and stuff. And it was great. It was great. It's a little thriller. And I mean, kind of saw it all coming, but just enjoyed it at the moment. Um, it borderlines watchable, but it just in the sense of it's just, it, it felt like a good old classic, classic movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain that, um, but yeah, that's it. No, that's good. Thank you. Like nineties, like kind of like one of those. Is it a nineties? I thought movie? it was like yeah, like it felt like that, like nineties. Like it, I almost was waiting for like the Law and Order, like dun 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 dun, to come on or something, because oh, it was okay. just, it just it had that feel to it. I don't know how to explain that. Long came a spider. This is two thousand one. Morgan Freeman was oh, in this. Even worse time, like, but it had that maybe because it was filmed in the '90s, it didn't feel like a 2000 movie. Yeah, yeah. like when it, 2000, the 2000s don't really start to like oh three, oh two. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking like I'm looking at the cast list, and um, there's some recognizable faces, but I mean, the, I'll be honest, it's not Mark yeah. perfect watchable movie for you when you're at work. I was gonna say this one, this one could be all over the place because Rotten Tomatoes. 32%, but IMDb gave it 6.4 out of 10. Mm. So, like, no, that's a pretty big discrepancy. They that's what said, I mean. Like, that's why it was my good, but, like, I could have put it somewhere else if I wanted. Something to factor into with IMDb, it is, it's mostly, like, teen to 35 white, you know, year old white males rating those movies. So it's, like, very, like, isolated group rating these movies i feel like that the breakdown of like the demographic breakdowns of imdb uh are are much different than letterboxd or rotten tomatoes these days i don't know it feels like imdb is for you know for the olds even though i'm on there for the old. i was gonna say i'm on it <laughs> that's why i kept I am, looking around <laughs> i am too uh well thank you boyle mark we're gonna put a minute on the clock for you are you ready i hope you guys are ready for me because I have four good movies that I've seen. Four. That's less than 20 seconds per movie. Can he do it? All right. Ready? Three, and. two. The first two movies I will recommend are both available on the Stars Network for those of you who subscribe to the movie uh, channels. First one, they're both 80s horror movies. They are They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper of WWF fame. And Christine, the famous um, horror car movie written by um, Stephen King and directed by John Carpenter. John Carpenter directed both of these films. They are 80s awesome horror movies. They won't scare you too much, but 
there are horror elements to these, uh, whether it be, you know, murders or whatever. I recommend both these movies highly. Um, they Live is more awesome, whereas Christine has, like, some funnier elements to it. Um, then I have Spring, which is available on Shudder. Now, this is a horror, but it's more of a drama romance. There's a little bit of a monster horror to it, but not too much. And then my last one, I know I'm over time, uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil, which is available on FX slash DirecTV if you have that. Um, this was a sequel, surprisingly scary, surprisingly good. It's a prequel, but uh, it was so much better than uh, Ouija. If you're looking for some serious paranormal scares, you check this out. All right? And done. Yes. 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 So well, glad I, you got to it. Yeah. We we saw Ouija Origin of Evil. And again, but I don't know if you remember, but like going in, I was like, eh, this movie's probably going to suck. And we both thought that. We're like, come on, the sequel nonetheless? Well, I, like, well, yeah. I've seen Ouija. And I was Same. like, the movie is terrible. And But then like when I was going through like my uh, Spooktober, like Halloween recommendations from everything, uh, or... It's getting great reviews, and everyone was saying they're like seriously. They're like, if it was just this, and they didn't come out with Ouija, like no one would. It wouldn't even. Like, that's. I remember, same thing, Rawaz. I don't know. Had you seen the first one? Because I had seen the first. I've never one. seen the original. Oh, because I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting the original. And that's why I was like, big bad. It was big bad. That's, yeah, that's what Boyle was telling me in the theater. I was like, is there anything I need to know? And you're probably, you're probably like. Uh, we're probably gonna hate this one, and then at the end, we we're both like, "Dude, I'm spooked." I yeah, I was like, "Texted you at night." I was yeah, nervous. I was, I was legit scared. <laughs> I don't mess with. I don't. The, I don't the mess with Ouija boards. Uh, horror in that is like through the roof. It's and they do a really good job. It was like, um, it's not as good as The Conjuring with their paranormal scares, but it's up there with like pretty much any Exorcist or like Insidious, like yes. into those types of um, scaries, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if I said it though, but um, Spring that's available on Shutter, which is a channel through uh, Amazon Prime Video. Right. And, if you're a big horror fan, that's what I've heard. That's a that's the one to have. Yes, highly recommend getting on that if uh, if you're into horror movies like myself. And now with AMC Plus, which has been heavily advertised during this uh, spooky Halloween time, they have Shutter as part of that service. Oh, good. Yeah, it's AMC. It's Sundance Channel. I think I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, and, and Shutter. <laughs> yeah, because I just have Shutter right now. Yeah. So yeah, the, that's my Nick Rojas look into it of the week. Like, uh, look into it. Uh, that, was my, that was my Larry David impression. Uh, all right, minute on the clock for me and go. I saw a Nightmare on Elm Street in theaters with Jules Coco. Absolutely loved it. You can watch it now on your TV subscriptions if you have like a, you know, YouTube TV or whatever, what have you. Uh, check it's on demand. Uh, but we saw it in theaters. Man, that movie just still so much fun to watch all these years later, and uh, better than I remember too. Like when you see it in a dark theater. Rewatched the Babadook. The first time I saw it was like Halloween 2017. Did not have a good experience watching it that time because uh, it was just constantly getting up to give kids candy. This time around, watch it from beginning to end. Oh, that movie's really good and. Like good horror movies have a message that is under the surface, which I really like and appreciate. And then that one's rental. And then lastly, and this is a movie that Mark saw and he didn't quite like as much, but you're next. In terms of like this house is under attack, home invasion, like horror, like thriller movies, 
I really liked this movie. I didn't know what was going to come next. There was good humor in it. It was low budget, but like, it, you know, you didn't really see it in the movie at all because it was executed so well. Big fan. I think that was a minute. Uh, I got you. I may have stopped a little late. It's 101. <laughs> but we'll, Officer. We'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you the minute. Oh, all right. Thank you. Because uh, I went a little over because I just I saw good movies, guys. You did. I can't help it. You can't put any of those movies in a lower bracket. I get it. I just couldn't, and I really wanted people to watch these movies. Now, how about some movies that we don't want people to watch? Boyle, you got to kick us off here. This is our bad picks of the week. And I got to hear about this one, Boyle. Let it rip. You have a minute on the clock. Go. Okay. The bad this week was Code 8. And it was like, it teetered bad to watchable, and I really think because I was doing laundry. So, like, I just was, like, doing other things in my house, and I kind of kept putting up. I did dishes. Like, it was just such a nonsense movie. Uh, just another classic Netflix. Like, really? Uh, it's a sci-fi, a sci-fi. I gave it a 4 out of 10 just because, like, so back to what I made earlier, my comments about what I gave it. Like, this was actually at least somewhat enjoyable. Like, and it just, I don't know. It was lousy. And it was just exactly what you thought the whole time of the movie. Nothing came out of it. And I just left being like, whatever. So I maybe even give it, a, you know what, three and a half. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. So I'm going to skip that. <laughs> Cody, I'll I, give it a uh, try. <laughs> you sold me on not seeing it. Okay. Um, Mark, your bad Code picks. Eight. Code eight. Weirdly, I'm just pulling up scores, you know, like just in case. Yeah. It's got Stephen Amell and Robbie Amell in it. I know. That's why I watched it, Mark. And it's I got, was just like, oh. The, it's got the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's got a 79. I just, critic, 48, though. This <laughs> straight up has a poster that I hate. I see this poster, I go, I'm not watching that movie. It's based on a short film. Ah. And it has two fans on Letterboxd, which means two people have this as their top four favorite movies of all time. Mark, oh, that, that what I mean? That's what that means. When it says fans of this movie? Yes. I thought that was like just people who have like graded it. So if there's like two, I was like, ugh. I was like, this, this no, work. there's two people that's their top four. <laughs> that's crazy um i was gonna say though would you oh darn it <laughs> happened to me again what? A long day. you said something and i was gonna comment on it and then i'm like darn it i missed it Rojas, why don't you take us uh up with some of your bad because bad. i'm excited when i'm reading the script that you sent us and i oh. see the bad on <laughs> okay yes all right the, the hot takes incoming and oh. go so Jeepers Creepers 2. I fell asleep halfway through or maybe two-thirds of the way through. It just got very silly. It's They're all trapped in this bus, and the Jeepers Creeper keeps coming in and taking some of them. Like, parts of it, I was like, oh, it's kind of good. But I was eating a Big Mac when I said that, and uh, I think I was my score was tainted by the Big Mac. Uh, so, yeah, skip Jeepers Creepers 2. Did not like it whatsoever. Now, all right, look, this movie is a good movie. A lot of people have this in their top ten. Maybe even top five of the 2010s. And that is the movie The Master. Okay, now why did you put it in the bad? Look, this movie has a lot of good things in it. A lot of great ingredients. Cinematography, acting, music, directing. All fantastic stuff. Watching it at home felt like homework for Austin and I. We're just staring at the TV like, all right, we just got to get through this movie. It is not a streaming movie. It's on Netflix. I Look, criticize me all you want. I know a lot of people love that movie. No. There you go. Time. 
57 seconds, but wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, look, that might be the... Very highly, like, all over the place. <laughs> it is literally like people are like, this is the movie of the decade. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, okay, just want to watch Frankenstein. That's why I'm here. Um, it's two and a half hours, guys. It's a lot. It's got a, it's got a strong cast. Yes, it does. Strong cast. Oof. Phenomenal. Guess what? Great scenes. Great acting. Yeah, I mean, let's just, uh, for those listening at home who may have heard of the Masters, may have not, we got Joaquin Phoenix, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, Jesse Plemons, Laura Dern, Rami Malek. Like, this this cast is not messing around. Your mom and dad didn't give it a good score either. Oh, did they? I think I they, forgot about that. He gave that. it a two, and she gave it a two and a half. That's not good. That's, That's not lower good. than you. I, I'm. I Art. guess my parents. I can understand. My parents yeah, don't. Do my parents don't do the bump for. Uh, for like this movie's highly respected. Like I gave it like that little like bump from like a six to seven because I'm like, look, there's a lot of great things in this. I'm not denying that at all. But my parents, when they're not entertained, they'll they call it as they see it. So I respect them for that. I do. I respect it. All right. <laughs> I do. Mark, your bad movies. Oh, baby. I have some feelings. Three, two. My bad movies are Scare Me and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, Scare Me is a recent release on Shudder. Uh, for you horror fans who I know have that, um, it's considered one of their originals. And it may... Uh, pop out to you because Aya Cash, who is on The Boys as Stormfront, she is in this. This movie is bad. Um, it kind of, in the description, it makes it seem like an anthology. It's really not. They just like kind of tell a couple stories and it. I, it was uninspired and it was not good. Now, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, it didn't know what it wanted to be. Jimmy Tatro's in it. It was like trying to be funny at a lot of points and it was trying to be really scary and gory at some points. It just, there was an unholy marriage between those uh, two genres. It did not work. Uh, I rented it, so skip that one, listeners. So, uh, yeah, skip those two movies, please. Daddy. I heard some good things about the, the, um, Wolf, Wolf of Sahara. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention that too, even though technically my time has ended. Um, the Wolf of Snow Hollow, it, I watched it because of uh, so many favorable reviews. I'm here to tell you the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Those reviews are lies. lies. Do you think, now why do you think some people gave good reviews? I, I honestly think some people were paid to like flood the reviews on this because it's a 2020 straight up release. Interesting. Uh, I thought like the, the, like the acting performances, this was definitely more of a comedy but it's not listed as more uh, it is listed as a mystery horror um like mystery horror i i think i saw one thing call it like a thriller but like it didn't have comedy in the description and it was definitely more one of those um so i, I was just kind of mad going into it because i was expecting um more of a spooky uh, gory horror film and it just really wasn't like that I, I i honestly and i mean this emphatically please skip this if you're a listener of the show please 
do yourself a favor. I yeah, I can't say I. Th- this strikes me as a movie that hipsters were like forcing themselves to laugh at, and they're just like ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. See, this funny thing happened in this otherwise dark movie, and you're just kind of like, I'm not giving it the pity laugh. Yeah, since I've been doing it with uh, the other movies that you guys have been um, talking about, it got a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Uh, yeah, Google users gave it seventy four percent. Seventy four percent of them liked it. The books are being cooked on this officially. That's what I, I honestly think that they uh, gassed these up. Because six point five on IMDb. Yeah, I didn't think a single um I didn't think a single performance was noteworthy. Right. I didn't think um I, I did I remember specifically I laughed like kinda like chuckling to myself like twice and I was like, All right, that joke was pretty good. Is this a comedy? <laughs> it was like what, like what's going on? It just like it really wasn't redeemable um like in that i'm looking at like the cast right now um jimmy tatro definitely being most notable right um so that's what i was when and he appears in like the beginning of the movie so i was thinking i was like is he going for more serious type roles now but that should have been a get uh, a giveaway that this movie didn't know what it was trying to be yes and like you mentioned your letterbox review it's like Movies that don't know what they want to be, like we said before, they just kind of just. Yeah, it was distracting. It was distracting because yeah. I was asking myself not about the story, but what is this? What does it want to be? And uh, so, yeah. Who are you? Skip it, ladies and gentlemen. Skip, I say. All right. We're now moving along now to watchable movies. Boyle, launch us off here. What is your watchable movie? I'm very excited to hear about this. We got a minute on the clock for our guy, Boyle, and go. Watchable for me is Being John Malkovich. This movie was, for us, very good. I think we will really enjoy this as a crew. Just because the thought process was there. And it was honestly, like, fun. But, like... you can't even say like it was dated because it's it's old but it's like it's really cool honestly i really did enjoy this movie it was just such a good enjoyable watch so that's why i put watchable because i don't think other people would really enjoy this but just with the stuff we see in every day it's just a classic interesting concept and like it all made sense and it ended kind of fun too so i was just like you know what great movie 7.5 out of 10 all right i'm I'm very excited to see this movie. Spike Jones. He did her, the movie Her. Um, I like his style of movies. I'm down. I'm very excited to see this. It's in my Netflix queue. So yeah. I'm glad you saw it, Boyle. You, you went in the water and you said the water's fine. Well, a lot of people talk about that movie. And I've ne- and I've I just always heard it in the grapevines. Like, it's like a – I don't know why I've heard it, though, in the grapevines. Like, I never knew – when I was thinking about that, like, oh, I, I know I've heard this. Have I heard good things? Have I heard bad things? And I wasn't sure. And then I went in and was like, you know what? That was pretty good. I was always, I had to do a couple stops because I was doing some other things. Right. So I'd stop it a couple times, but I was always excited to be like, oh, I can resume this while I do this small project. And like, and next thing I know, I finished. Okay. All yeah. right. Thank, thank you, Boyle. Mark, I'll go. You got it. All right. Minute on the clock for me. And, Go. So, Jeepers Creepers 1. All right, that's watchable. Now, here's the thing. Halfway through the movie, some like not really a big thing happens, but the movie kind of like 
shifts from being what could have been like a cool like low budget like horror movie like this really creepy like to kind of silly and the movie kind of suffers from that thing that some horror movies do where it's like they show you the big bad a little bit too much and you're kind of like eh you're kind of stupid uh, I don't really like you but the first half is pretty good you got Justin Long you know the premise the setup is pretty good like they're on a highway no cell phone service like this is sketchy and then it like just kind of eh, peters out so it's watchable it's on Netflix yeah yeah second one Frankenstein this one's on Peacock it's on Peacock Premium, which some people, hypothetically speaking, could pay for Peacock Premium and watch it there. Okay, so now that you guys are on my wavelength, didn't watch it on there. So, Frankenstein, uh, <laughs> the original from the 30s. Look, guys, it's watchable, but uh, re-watching it, I was like, this movie is eh, not that great, but legacy stuff. So, yeah, check it out. It's Halloween time. Time. You went a little over I did. I, I kind did. of agree with you on that, though. I recently have seen Frankenstein, I think a couple years back, and I was just like, yeah, I don't like, I don't know. All right, great. I feel like there's been, like, kind of better renditions over the years almost of it. Like, it just is, I don't know, or maybe they're due for one. I, who knows? It's um, it's one of those things where you see that it's live, and you're like, legendary stuff. And But yeah. you actually watch the whole movie, and Young Frankenstein I enjoyed way more, and that's a parody movie of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so. I get it. Legacy. All right, Mark, <laughs> bring us home in Good, Bad, Watchable with your oh, watchable picks. Gentlemen, we are going to get uh, funky for these last two. These are watchable for very specific reasons. So let's put a minute on the clock. Three, two. My two watchable picks are actually considered, uh, you know, very uh, strong for the genre. Videodrome. This is a Cronenberg. This is from the 80s. Um, James Woods is the lead in this. Um, it is classic Cronenberg. There's a lot of body horror in this and a lot of uh, psychological elements. Like, you don't know what's real. You don't know what's not. And it's just kind of messed up. Very, very tough watch um, for some people if you're not into that sort of body type horror. So I don't recommend it to everyone. That's why it's underwatchable. If you're into odd body uh, deformations and things like that, then watch this. And then also the watchable Goodnight Mommy. It's on Hulu. It's in German. Kids are really messed up. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's so evil. And I, unless you've got like a heart for like evil, evil kids, like children of the corn, like don't watch this unless you're into that. I was like, whoa, this is messed up. End time. Minute four. <laughs> Yeah. I, saw, I saw your review. I was like, say no more. I, the creepy kids, like, no, I just can't do it. Creepy kids, man. Creepy kids are terrifying. So I was like, mm -hmm. that was actually a recommendation from um, my boy Jack in New Jersey. Shout out, Jack. Um, great recommendation from him. You just got to really be in the mood for a movie like that. And same goes for Videodrome. Again, I rated those movies kind of high, but watchable. Not for uh, Not for everybody. Well, you mentioned recommendations. We're moving along now to our fans and listeners on Instagram and Twitter getting back to us at GBW Pod. We appreciate you guys. We asked, you know, what are some Halloween movies you guys are watching? So, Mark, you submitted a pic that Alex Beast gave us via Instagram. Uh, he gave us Mandy, Nick Cage 2018 movie. It, yeah, he, and you know what? He, he said some he said some nice things. So shout out Spice. I uh, hope he's listening. Uh, Spies, uh, his words, he said, Mandy, 
is still one of my favorite films in the last five years. Honestly, he was upset that, you know, it didn't get nominated for anything. Um, he, he thought it was fantastic, and he recommends that everyone sees it. Now, luckily for him, I've seen it, and uh, I loved it. We all know I'm a big Cage Rage guy, big on uh, Nicolas Cage movies. I watched most of them. Uh, this one, the cinematography, the production, great. Uh, the visuals were just absurd for this. Uh, and so I'm saying great recommendation from our boy Spice. Uh, I personally gave it a 6.8 out of 10 uh, from previous rankings. Uh, I, I put it up there. I say, you know, great, great uh, pick from our boy Spice. Yeah, I got to watch that. Anyone watches that. I recommend it. Uh, you can see that on Shudder. Oh. Uh, you can also rent it through Amazon or DirecTV. It's also on Hoopla. Hoopla. Which- I have Hoopla. I have to check if my library has it. We shall see. It says um, it, so I hope so. <laughs> we have some uh, – on Instagram, we got a lot of responses. Uh, Zach Millian said American Psycho. It's a good one. Christian Bale, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Cabrita saw the, hunti- the Haunting of Bly Manor, which I have not seen and uh, everyone else has seen, but I haven't. I haven't finished it. Uh, Dan Maddock, our boy, said Halloween H2O, star-studded cast. What, what was that one? Halloween H2O. Oh, no, oh yeah. yeah. I'm, H20. I'm familiar. <laughs> I got to watch that one. Uh, B-Cat said, no movies, just loving The Sopranos. Who doesn't? Right, Mark? Uh, Haley Clark. That's Marcus's girlfriend. He's, uh, they, they saw The Invisible Man. I think they liked it. Uh, Jules Coco, Nightmare on Elm Street was awesome. I want to see more of them. I agree. Norway Ray, Ray King, said he saw Halloween, the first one, a classic. Good. Good. That's also a John Carpenter. It is. He did all the music for it, too. People forget that. Ashley Cabrito, watching horror movies every night, and last night did not like Girl on the Third Floor, but I have liked some throwbacks like I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm. I was going to suggest that to you, Mark, too, because I I love that movie, so I almost wanted to throw that at you and be like, can you watch this? for me <laughs> yeah i know what you did last summer that's one of those i definitely saw a long time ago and i, I don't forgot. think i gave it like a good enough no it's like one of those uh it's like you know the story because it's so iconic so that you feel like you don't have to watch it again it's like i, I already know like i know the whole thing and then plus for people like us um scary movie was heavily you know influenced on making fun of that movie so it kind of takes away some of the sting True. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That makes sense. I did see Scream recently. And I know it was airing on CBS. Parallels to I know what you did last summer. Similar movies. Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Very yeah, similar. Yeah, I don't just think without I've... a mask. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, like right, well, doing then. it. <laughs> I feel like Matthew Lillard is in all of them. Basically, like they just kept finding the bodies, and then and, like that's it, and then finally it comes out who it is or whatever. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the suggestions. Again, GBW Pod, Wait, tweet at us. Before we close out, I would like to assign some homework. Just kidding. Just going to let people know uh, what's on my watch list upcoming since, you know, some of us watch movies on this movie podcast consistently. <laughs> um, one on my watch list, and again, we always take any, any and all suggestions if we haven't seen them. But uh, 
one I'm excited to see is Black Christmas, 1974, very highly rated, but also uh, available on the Stars Network. Uh, highly rated is our man Tom Hanks, starring in The Burbs, a 1989 horror movie. It is a horror comedy thriller. And I'm actually really excited to see this. It's got some really high ratings Wait. and reviews. Yeah. So uh, that one, I have the Stars Network. I will be seeing that. Um, pretty excited to get after it. So um, again, any suggestions out there? I am continuing through October with uh, strictly horror movies, strictly horror, but horror comedy fits the bill. Oh, man. That sounds good. I wish I had Shudder for months like this. It's, uh, you know, even if the, if it's like kind of a crummy horror movie, at least you can say you watched a horror movie. We, we gotta, did we have the discussion on here? Boyle, we had it at Cape Cod Winery. Cape here we Cod go. Winery. <laughs> Last second thing Boyle and I talked about, and we, we said we had to talk about it on this episode, and I'm just remembering here at the very end. Boyle, Boyle right? Mark, you only get to watch one. Okay. Horror movies during Halloween month or Christmas movies during December? Uh, Christmas movies during December because I don't really watch Christmas movies all year round. I watch horror movies all year round. Can't stop me. I do this. Big trust. Come see me. Woo woo. Um, I, yeah, I think Christmas movies are more limited to, like, I am a strict Christmas movie during Christmas movie time kind of guy. With the exception of Die Hard. Uh, but, you know, I watch horror movies all year round. Like, I don't just do this, um, like, horror movies for October sort of deal. I watch them all, like, all year, but, like, I won't watch Elf in, like, July. You know what I mean? Got it. Boyle, did I ask it, like, what were you more excited about, or you could only pick one? Um, I think it was more of, of which, like, which movie are you which month would you rather do would you are you big okay. are you more of an october horror movie month okay. or the christmas season yeah month? so i asked yeah i'm way more jacked up for christmas season i'm the same way yeah. yeah i stepped away from the table to when Boyle and joe asked me you, that did, and, you took a walk <laughs> yeah i had to think about it i thought you were just acting and then you like kept walking the way like, it oh came down was i really loved christmas movies as a kid and i was too afraid to watch Halloween movies kind of growing up until like recently. And then now I just, the reason why I pick Halloween stuff, like I'm more excited about Halloween month and versus Christmas movies is I kind of like start that fall season, like mid September now. And I really like the vibe of the orange and the fall decorations. I like the spooky movies. I love that they're getting a little crisp in the air. For me, Christmas feels like the culmination of Halloween season. Uh, sorry, culmination of holiday season where Halloween feels like kind of like the launching of the holiday season. So more jacked up about the beginning and like those horror movies, like, Ooh, spooky movies. Like, let's watch it. Like, and cause you know, at the end of it, you're going to be okay. Cause it's going to be Thanksgiving and Christmas, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Whereas you watch Christmas movies, you're like, it's going to end soon. I'm sad. And I don't know. The Christmas movies don't really do for me as much as they used to. I don't know. Whoa. I know. I know. Don't get me started about Elf. I swear to God. There's also, I mean, we've gone on way too long tonight, but you need to answer for your crimes. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening to the episode. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You will answer for these. You will pay for this. (laughs) Evil Eye. Plumhouse. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, oh, Mr. Rogers, I love those socks so much. Those are great. I, yeah. Ghostbusters, a cultural phenomenon. Ghostbusters, uh, that's right. Rojas <laughs> doesn't like it, and uh, me and Boyle will will get after him for this. We'll save it for a special emergency pod in a later date before Halloween because Boston makes me feel good, and we need to talk about this because I need to bust up your egregious ratings of this. It is crazy. We're running out of memory on this car. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, TBD. Will be discussed. Oh, we have a review coming up at the end from Cookie and Kristen. Yeah, there you go. So that's what we have to look forward to. Any any final words? Uh, my my final statement from this will be: Bustin makes me feel good. I am Team Ghostbusters all the way. Six, six out of ten. Boyle, what'd you think? <laughs> uh, what's your final thing, Boyle? Are you muted? Oh, uh, Boyle, we can't hear Boyle. He's probably just so mad. Oh. There we go. I think plugged out. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, when will this air? How much work do you want me to do tonight? <laughs> I don't want you to overwork, but so the reason I ask is because on Wednesday, I'm going to be going on dual redundancy at night to discuss the Big Brother finale with them. So, if you know, streaming at, we're going to go on at like 11 p.m. or something. They're running some Twitter questions and some Instagram questions. So, Check them out, and I'll be over there. All right. Let's get this podcast out by Wednesday. All right. I love it. Shout out to them. Very excited to hear that, Boyle. And, yeah. of course, keeping it neat. You got that going on on YouTube, we Facebook. Do. We do. Yeah, and there's some talks going on with that, too. I haven't – yeah. Tell you off the, rec- off the record. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Again, thank you for listening. Tell a friend. And uh, until next time, for Mark Sisto, Nick Boyle, I'm Nick Rojas. See you next time, everybody. Take care. Bananas! <laughs> this is Cookie and... Kristen. And we just saw... Attack the Block. Attack the Block. It's a fast, funny, frightening action-adventure movie that pits a teen gang against an invasion of savage alien monsters. I thought this movie was very funny. I had a great time watching it. It was a lot it. of fun. It, absolutely a lot fun. of fun. And... Um, it was a movie that was uh, recommended in that black noir, uh, horror noir, that I watched a documentary. This movie came out in 2011. I had never heard of it. It won several awards, and uh, it stars uh, Johnny. What's his name? Johnny Boyega. Boyega from Star Wars fame. Yeah. And uh, what a fun movie! Yeah. I, very interesting. Very. Yeah, and you said who was behind it, so. You knew that it was going to be fun. Yep, exactly. Simon um, Peg. Simon Pegg and and his crew, and um, yeah. So it's 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 more of a thoughtful kind of entertaining mm-hmm. fun thing. Whereas, you know, other attempts at this type of movie might fall short. Where mm-hmm. there it might be too sticky, kind of mm-hmm. you know campy. This was fun. Yeah. It was, it was, and you were uh, yep. pulling for them. Yes, and, and you you were, know, there were some anxious moments in it. Even though some... that they were the little brats mm-hmm. at first that you were like, these little sh- shits, Yes, you know, yes. but. Don't give anything away. But, but what do you give it? I'm giving it a solid four out of five. A solid four out of five. Yeah. So that's going to translate into an eight. eight. Okay, and I am Wow. Now, 
I'm going to make fun of uh, Mark and I'm going to make fun of Boyle and Nick because they always give adjectives for what they give it. Like a, it's a hard seven or a soft six. <laughs> I'm going to give this a squishy eight. Yeah. A squishy, squishy eight. eight. Squishy okay, eight. Just something I totally It means okay. nothing. Oh, and I wanted to say, if you've made it to the end of the podcast to listen to us, we thank you because yeah, absolutely. they can go on. And we're thinking about starting our own, so we'll let you know. All right? All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.